This conversation originally aired on Koinonia, which can be heard Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 in Phoenix or online at faithtalk1360.com. You know, pastors carry a really, really heavy burden. You hear me talking about here on Quinnia a lot that I, I'm just looking for opportunities to love on pastors, to bless them. We have a couple of events here at the radio station, the Pastors Appreciation Lunch, which it's truly that. We also have the Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. Uh, I get to take pastors to the baseball games, anything I can do. Because they are many times, uh, you know, the leaders in the household of a family that's kind of gotten overlooked because the family sacrifices a whole lot when uh, someone decides that they're going to live the life of a pastor or a church planter. There's so many different areas. And uh, Dr. Jared Pingleton is a third-generation minister, a clinical psychologist. He works for Focus on the Family as the Director of Counseling Services. This is kind of one of those areas that not everybody wants to talk about, Jared, that, you know, the pastors, they're real people too. They need help. Their families especially need help. That's absolutely true, Tom. And the vulnerability and loneliness that they feel is often incredibly painful for them, and yet there's very little place for them to turn many times. And if if there's not a a group, uh, an individual in a church or a group in a church that has uh, more scrutiny than the pastor and his family, I, I don't know who it would be. Exactly. I mean, some authors call that whole challenge that pastoral families have, in effect, living in a glass house. Wow. Because they are in the public eye, and they are under incredible scrutiny, and it's very, very difficult for them to just be themselves, be normal, with warts and all, and with foibles and faults and failures. It's uh, See, I got that three-point alliteration in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's really challenging for them and very painful many times. And a lot of pastors, uh, marriages ending in divorce. I know yes. Focus and, and uh, uh, Barna combined to do some research boy this is there's a lot of pastors leaving the ministry because of that uh, just overwhelming pressure there really are tom and it's heartbreaking because the ripple effect out throughout the rest of the kingdom their congregation and and other places are it's just it's horrible and everything we can do to help and heal we're all about doing here at focus i talk a little bit uh... when my wife and i were intercessors and we specifically like to pray for pastors and there's a dynamic uh, a visual dynamic that i like to share with people so that they can more effectively pray for the pastor and it's this the fiery arrows are going to come the deceiver doesn't want an effective pastor uh, caring for the sheep. He, the, he that's He's right. going to go for that. So there's a big target on him. And I say that as intercessors, we take smaller targets, but we stand between, you know, the deceiver and the fiery arrows coming towards the pastor. And so we can absorb or deflect some of that. That's the role of an intercessor. One yes. thing that I don't talk about very often, and I should 
is that the fiery arrows coming from the congregation. Boy, they many many times they do. We're the only army that shoots our wounded, and we have visible leaders literally on a platform that often yes people take pot shots at. And Tom, I so love that initiative you've designed there of intercession because I think the role of the body is to support their pastor and their pastor's wives and the pastor's kids because it's very difficult to speak words of life to your congregation on Sunday morning when you've just screamed words of death to your mate on the way to church. Right. It's very difficult to lead a discipleship group when your own child is on a prodigal trip. You know, it's it's incredibly challenging, the pressures and stressors and demands of ministry. And add to those another couple of things that most people in the congregation don't think about. Most pastors are notoriously underpaid mm-hmm. <laughs> for the education and training and experience that's required to do their job. Many pastors make less than half of what the people in their congregation do on average than the hours. The average pastor spends 60 to 80 hours per week working for the church. They're gone four nights a week on average, neglecting their wife and their family, again, for the sake of the church. And what's really hard in the pastoral home often is the role of the pastor's wife. Mm. And research shows that on clinical scores of depression, the average pastor's wife is significantly more depressed than most any other person in the population. Wow. You know, they, they've got all of this pressure. Their social world is their husband's workplace, typically. They have no one with whom they can turn. It's not safe to share their own frustrations with their husband or their marital pressures or their personal struggles. Um, then, you know, PKs have a tough time because they hang around with Deacon's kids. So, you know, that... <laughs> That makes it really hard. Yeah. So it's so difficult uh, to to have the role of the pastor. And many times there's that expectation that, you know, you, you pay a guy half of his salary and expect his wife to for work full time for free. Mm-hmm. And so boundaries are difficult. It's hard to know when we can have private time, when we can have marriage time, family time, because, you know, if somebody calls that can't sleep in two in the morning, you're supposed to go pray for them or whatever. And it's really tough because the workplace and the work hours are not prescribed, they're not boundaried, they're not set aside. And so it's very, very, very difficult to, to do ministry well for long. And one of the things, one of the personality traits of uh, uh, somebody that's called to the pastorate generally is compassion and passion for right. uh, those people they're called to serve. So when there's a, uh, let's say, a domestic conflict at uh, 1130 on Friday night mm-hmm. uh, and they call the pastor, and if the pastor doesn't have the wherewithal to say how long has this been a problem? And they say, well, this has been boiling over for, you know, a couple of months. Well, with that understanding, then can we meet tomorrow morning or Monday morning in my office? Right. No, they're generally going to respond, I'll be right there. You know, or, yeah. or, or yeah. And, and that's just not healthy for anybody, especially the pastor. But I get it because that's their nature. It is. And, you know, they, they care about their sheep. They really do. They They love their flock, but... You know, sheep can bite you on the bottom. Uh, sheep can can do a lot of things to pastors that are very painful. And, you know, one of the points you raised there, Tom, I think is so essential. Research shows that the typical person goes for counseling to their pastor first. 
among everyone else. Mm-hmm. And some research suggests that pastors do more counseling than professional counselors. But the irony and the stress is for the pastor, 98% of pastors, some research shows, are not trained right. to do the counseling that their flock requires and desires from yeah. them. And so it's really challenging. It's a lot of stress. A lot to talk about in this topic. We're, uh, we're just about four minutes from the end of our segment here. What are some, some things that uh, pastors, pastors' family, or, or me as a, as a, as a congregant, what are some things, some practical things that we can do to help? Great question, Tom. I think the most important is what you already stated, and that's intercessory prayer, because their work is is a spiritual warfare dynamic as well. It's not just the, the preaching and teaching and counseling and caring for the flock. There is that standing in the gap issue, and they need help with that. So that's most important. I think, secondly, this whole concept of pastor appreciation that's been around for a generation now is such a valuable support. And, you know, it's great to dedicate a month to that upholding and uplifting of the pastor's family, but I think the other 11 months are good to do that too, mm. to find thoughtful, considerate ways to practically, you know, do childcare for the pastoral couple so they can have a date, um, provide them with a weekend away uh, as, at a retreat. There are a lot of organizations that offer B&Bs or retreat centers for pastors very inexpensively or some even free. Uh, travel though costs, but you know, being able to give them opportunity to rest and refresh and recharge and regenerate are, are just crucial for the ministry. And then I think another thing that's important to do is to come alongside in in a supportive way and you know treat that pastor as a friend mm. and and with respect and give them opportunity to be themselves, to to listen to them, um, make it safe for that pastor to trust. You know, um, because often there are power struggles with deacon boards or, you know, elders and, you know, there's there's just all this other stress that that goes on. And many times pastors find it very lonely and isolating to where it's not safe for Mm -hmm. them to just relax, kick back and be Steve or Tom or Dave or Bill. Right. And it's such a challenge. Um, You know, one of the things that I also say, the reason you want to pray for your pastor, because it's really difficult if you're praying for your pastor to be blessed, to be inspired, to be uh, all these things to the congregation, for you then to be the critical one, for Mm -hmm. you to be the one Mm -hmm. firing uh, off those fiery arrows because he didn't like that sentence in that sermon or whatever it happened. I mean, and and another area, talking to a lot of pastors, I don't know that I ever thought about this till I heard it from a pastor. You know, when you leave a church, you know, you've been going for however many years, they literally love and care for you in such a way, you know, let them know. Yes. Let, let the pastor know, hey, you know, we're just, we've moved or whatever. Just disappearing after a mm. five, six, seven, ten year relationship, mm-hmm. you wouldn't do that to your best friend. Right. That hurts them. It really does. <laughs> they do. They they notice. And even if it's a larger church, and I just know that from hanging around pastors, is that's that's a little area that really, 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 uh, you know, becomes a struggle. They, then they're like, well, God, why am I investing? Why, why do I do it? You yeah. Know? I, I've worked with so many hundreds of pastors, Tom, with that very issue of discouragement. And, you know, what's the use? Why do I try? I mean, I try to make a difference. I'm there. And... 
you know, there's just no reciprocity or appreciation. So one thing I want to encourage pastors to do is to reach out. And it may not be safe within their denominational structure, but at thrivingpastor.com, we have a huge assortment of resources, a compendium of supports and helps and aids and encouragements and you know associations and alliances with whom they can connect and really find, I think, some energizing, uh, helpful, supportive uh, associations, materials, and, and opportunities to engage in. And you also have an 800 number, yes. 844-4-PASTOR. That's 844-4, the number 4, PASTOR. Because, you know, there's going to be a point where you're going to need to have another voice uh, mm-hmm. in your life, and this is a safe environment. I, I'm so thankful to focus on the family and all the work they do to serve our pastors. You know, just even the segment there, uh, pulse check. Just a, a good reminder that, uh, yeah, we all need help. Uh, I, I used to say, and I don't know the way he's playing right now, I don't know that it's all that, but I used to say Tiger Woods has a swing coach, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we all, we all could use a little bit of help. We uh, do. Uh, Jared, again, thank you so much for your time and everything you're doing uh, to help families and to help pastors' families in particular. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be with you. Bless you for your work as well. For questions or comments, please email tom at faithtalk1360.com. That's tom at faithtalk1360.com.